0: gonna be just like senior year except for funner.
1: Hey guys I'm Kendra. Hi I'm Mercedes and this week we're talking about a coming-of-age romance with a secret ingredient mystic pizza.
0: But of course as always we have to kick it off with our celebrity crush of the week. Mercedes who are you crushing on this week?
1: (laughs) Okay so like most of the world I feel like I I binged Summer I Turned Pretty. And then I reread the books because I had only ever read the first one as a teen. And now i read all of them in a day. And uh, they're emotional. They're just like that good teen escape. So my crush is, I guess, the actor that plays Conrad, but more Conrad, just like the character and more, honestly, book three Conrad. Like, <laughs> So I'll say Christopher Brindy, who plays Conrad in the show, but also just Conrad in book three.
0: Okay. So as someone who has only watched the show, I am 110% team Jeremiah. I think he's (laughs) adorable. And I also think too, he was just a bit more stable with belly than Conrad was all over the place. I was like, dude, someone throw this kid into therapy, regardless of if you know what's wrong with him or not. Like there's clearly something wrong with him. If he doesn't want to talk to you. Send it to someone who he will talk to because he was just all over the place that summer. And it was
1: he, nauseating to watch. <laughs> he was dealing with a lot and did not have the tools to properly communicate. But he's also so young. People are comparing the actor to like a young Leonardo DiCaprio and like a young Sean Hunter. Hmm. Um, and also comparing him to my favorite era of Harry Styles, which is frat boy Harry. <laughs> so, of course, this boy's up my alley.
0: It's <laughs> up your alley. You know who's up my alley? Tell um, me. Okay, so I don't know if people will know him, but he is technically famous. So he is, his name is James Smith. He's a famous British personal trainer, which is like so weird. I'm like, Yeah. yeah, super niche. But I love him because he has a really fresh perspective when it comes to working out. Like he's far more relatable than other personal trainers. He does this thing on his TikTok where he actually roasts other personal trainers um, saying that their advice is, like, he'll basically watch a video of a personal trainer being like, this is all you have to do to get a body in three days. And he'll be like, no, you're, you're annoying and you're, you're an asshole. Like, no, <laughs> And he'll, like, <laughs> Yeah, and he'll talk about, like, why their advice is bad and, like, to not shame other people for what they want to eat and, like, how their bodies are and things like that. I've just honestly never seen a personal trainer like
1: yeah, that. Yeah, that's shocking.
0: It is very shocking. and He's, like, super fit. Fit both, like, physically, but also fit like he's cute. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's just, like, really nice <laughs> to hear his type of perspective in this age because I just feel like we're super hyper-focused on working out and looking a certain way. And he's fine as hell. And that accent, I'm here for it. James, hit me up.
1: (laughs) Yes.
0: We're going to move over to TLDR. We like to summarize the movie for anyone who hasn't seen it. We were talking about Mystic Pizza this week. And if you haven't seen it, you can buy it on Amazon. So, In the small town of Mystic, Connecticut, three women are trying to navigate life and love. You have Kat, played by Annabeth Gish, who recently got accepted to the incredibly prestigious Yale University and now needs to save money for it. Daisy, played by Julia Roberts, who is the most beautiful girl in town and is determined to land herself a rich man. And, of course, you have JoJo, played by Lily Taylor, who can't decide what she wants when it comes to marrying her longtime beau, Bill, played by Vincent Dionafrio. Frio. What do these three women have in common? They work at a popular pizza joint in town, Mystic Pizza. One night, the three of them go out where Daisy savagely beats the rich and handsome Charlie in a game of pool, only for him to leave with another girl. Thankfully, he hunts Daisy down the next day and takes her out to dinner, and the two start hanging out. In order to earn more money for college, Kat starts part-time babysitting for a family in town for the summer, Tim and his young daughter, Phoebe. The two bond over everything like astronomy, Beethoven, famous authors, and before you know it, feelings start to get involved. Meanwhile, JoJo and Bill are also hanging out, even though JoJo called off their wedding But Bill is still determined to marry her, which is really sweet. The three women have a lot to learn in love, whether it's Kat realizing that a relationship with a married man isn't feasible, especially when his wife comes back early from a work trip. Daisy realizing that class and your economic standing in society has a lot to do with love and if a relationship can last. Or Jojo, who slowly but surely realizes Bill is a one for her. There's so much the three of them don't know, including what famous ingredient Leona puts in the pizza to make everyone <laughs> swoon. But in this movie, we watch them figure it out and just enjoy the journey they're all on. So this is a 1988 film written by so many people, literally. Amy Holden Jones, Perry Housey, Randy Housey, and Alfred Uri. Between the four of them, they've also written the Beethoven movies and Driving Miss Daisy. And it's the directorial debut of Donald Petrie, who later went on to direct classics like How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days and Miss Congeniality. Yes. Tell me some industry facts. Mercedes, what you got?
1: Oh, my goodness. So this whole movie came about because Amy Jones, one of the writers, had a summer home near the area. And after visiting the pizza place, she was so inspired that she wrote the whole screenplay focused around this place and this pizza place. I love it. Really?
0: Really? Oh, my yeah. God. You know what's so interesting? So, Roger Ebert, who I love and have tattooed. Yes. He accurately predicted that this movie would someday become known for the stars in it before they became stars. Like, he just he just he knew. Is. Yeah. Man. It, I seriously, I appreciate him so much. I really do. Like, he was so right. (laughs) All the time. He never (laughs) missed.
1: Okay, and I don't know if you knew, so this is based on the Real Mystic Pizza restaurant, but they actually didn't use the real one for filming because it was just too small. So after the movie came out and it was popular and tourism started spiking in the area, the actual pizza place renovated it to match the whole set built by the movie so that tourists could, like, come and, like, have the full experience. And now they have it playing 24-7 in the restaurant. The
0: movie playing 24-7?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Imagine I, working there. I would be, I would yeah. be like, I stop. Turn
0: I off. worked at American Eagle for two summers in a row, and they have the same playlist that they would play over and over. And I only worked oh four-hour shifts because I was, like, part-time because I was still underage. It was the yeah. worst thing ever. Even, like, when it's a different song, just, like, listening to it all freaking day. the
1: Working retail. I once worked a summer at a year-round Christmas shop. The music <laughs> in there. I was oh, like, I no. need to leave. <laughs> I'm going crazy. Mercedes, bless your soul. Bless your soul. I don't know how you
0: did that. <laughs> so during Julia Roberts' audition, she was actually told that she was completely wrong for the part. So she went home and dyed her hair black. And it somehow worked. So when she went back in for, like, her callbacks or her second audition, she noticed that all the actresses were sitting and, like, intensely studying their lines. Instead, she put on her Walkman, because we had Walkmans at that time, uh, and started singing loudly to stand out to the casting director. I was, like, genius. I'd also, if I was one of those other actresses, I would have been so annoyed. I'm like, I'm trying to study. Can you shut up?
1: Yeah, exactly. I'd be like, um, excuse me.
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> but I... also, her hair. I'm going to be talking about her hair this whole episode. <laughs> but it's my everything to me. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love
0: it. (laughs) It's so great. It is so great.
1: (laughs) There is another star in this movie that I don't know if you noticed. Matt Damon made his on-screen debut in this movie. He is Charles' younger brother at the dinner that he takes Daisy to with his family that kind of just goes crazy by the end. And I didn't realize it was him until I watched this time. And I'm watching with my brothers and I was like, hang on. That's Matt Damon. Yeah. I did
0: notice actually the second that he came on screen, I was like, is that... Baby Matt Damon. Like, I, <laughs> I paused it, and I was like, that is him. Like, I can spot him. Yeah. Him and Ben Affleck. Like, oh, you love him. Gone. Yeah, you love I, those Boston I, boys. I do, <laughs> I do love my Boston boys. Yes, it is a crime. I love them so much. <laughs> so, guys, we're going to move over to Time Castle, Mercedes, and i just like to recall where we were when the movie came out. And I feel like our last three episodes, my answer has always been like, I was on my couch. Because, again, I watched this for the first time this week, and I had never even heard of this movie until you guys suggested we do it for an episode, I never heard of it.
1: I mean, it makes sense. Julia Roberts has said before that because of the success of Pretty Woman, people didn't really watch her like early good movies like that came out a couple years before, because this came out two years before Pretty Woman, and mm-hmm. then Still Magnolias came out in between those. So a lot of those go under the radar compared to obviously like Pretty Woman and then her bigger rom coms.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I would I would say if we were to do like. Another Julia Roberts rom com. I don't even think like if I had to make a list, I don't even think this would be on the list. I wouldn't I wouldn't think that, anyways.
1: <laughs> like this minute. <yeah, laughs> <she's been> <laughs> There's so many. I didn't watch this until recently too. In the last few years, I think like at the beginning of like lockdown, lockdown is when I first watched this, which is shocking because Julia Roberts is my favorite. I call her my second mom because yeah. I just like grew up watching all of her movies with my mom. Yeah. And like I said, her hair in this movie is perfect. I just need to get that, like, wavy hair method down and then the volume, and I think I could do it. I usually just, like, run a brush through my hair and then it's, like, the waves are gone. But I feel like I could do it if I put my mind to it.
0: There is a curl product commercial that comes on every six seconds when I'm watching TV. I will. I will actually pay attention this time and send it to you because their whole thing is like taking their hair from like I don't know to like these voluminous curls and it looks awesome. So, can, so I'm gonna send it to you. You can. I have it. all
1: the products. <laughs> I'm just so lazy that I don't want to like deal with my wet hair. That I'm like I'll just leave it. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, one day you'll have to come on camera and then I'll see. You. I'll see you. Yes. Hair. I'll be really I'll cool. Do it. Okay. So th- I feel like this is another movie where neither of us were were born. But yeah. Uh,
1: I'm curious. What do you think? Yeah. Okay, so we obviously weren't born even close to 1988, so I really want to know, because we've talked a lot about, like, the Brat Pack boys Mm -hmm. and all of our, like, favorite 80s, like, teen movies. Like, what's another 80s movie star that you've loved that's, like, really solidified themselves as an 80s person for you?
0: Honestly, Robin Williams. The 80s was kind of his breakthrough decade with Mork and Mindy and then Dead Poets Society, which was such a sad movie. And I still have a hard time revisiting it to this day. Heartbreaking. Yeah. I remember I've watched so many interviews of people working with him on Mork and Mindy. He was just out of this world natural. Like no one has ever come across an actor like him before. I don't think we'll ever come across an actor like him again. His improv and his timing and like all of the things that he did to prepare, like he was just of a different breed. He really, yeah. he really was. And so I feel like that when I think of the 80s, I think of like, oh my gosh, that's the beginning of Robin Williams. Like we weren't even ready. We didn't even know because we hadn't even seen like Goodwill Hunting. We hadn't even seen like, at, for me, Jumanji, right? Like there were so yeah. many things, so many stables in his career that he did that we weren't even ready for when he came on the scene in the 80s. But I'm curious for you too, like same question. Who Did you have like another famous movie star? So
1: I was thinking about this and, I have so many, but one that I was like I thought would be like under the radar is Lou Diamond Phillips. Cause he really he became a star at this time. Like if you think La Bamba came out around this time, Stand and Deliver came out, like all these movies that I love and like grew up watching. And I was like, oh my gosh, like no one talks about Lou Diamond Phillips, and then he just, like, shows up, and you're like, oh, yeah, (laughs) I've seen you in so much stuff. I don't know. You've never seen him. I don't know. I don't know those
0: You know what's so funny, Mercedes? It's like, I would almost, like, listening to this podcast, I would almost think you are the one who went to film school and study the history (laughs) of all film as opposed to me, because I feel like there are so many movies you talk about that I don't know about. You
1: would, if you saw a picture of him, I think, like, as, like, young him in the 80s, you would totally recognize him.
0: Okay, was he, like, the heartthrob in these movies, or? I mean...
1: Not really. Like, I don't know how to explain it. He's just like, he has a face that I'm just like, yeah, I thought everyone knew him. But I think he played a lot of like indigenous roles and Latino roles. So I think that's why, even though he is Filipino. So he is another Filipino who had to play a bunch of like Latinx roles. But those movies aren't as popular, obviously. But Mm -hmm. how I grew up. Blue Diamond
0: Phillips. That's his name.
1: Yeah. Oh, Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Listeners, if you're a fan, let us know so what your favorite movie by Lou Diamond Phillips is. And also, let us know so any other 80s movie stars that you like outside of the Brat Pack. <laughs> yeah. And it's time for the RobCom Hall of Fame. But of course, Mercedes, as always, we have to roast this movie. It's from 1988.
1: So I feel like there's there's, there's quite a few to roast. <laughs> oh, my gosh. There is. We have a lot. Mm-hmm. So my first one is just Cat's storyline. It's yes. so painful. <laughs> I wanted to scream At that guy to just like get away from her, it's so gross. And I know he's a hot dad. I get it. I understand. Just married older men need to leave and just like stay away from these teen girls. Take care of your own child without the help of this naive girl. She's so young. Like right when she walks in, you like know where the story's headed. And you're like, oh, God, no. And like, I don't know if you're watching Love Island UK. I know you're not a big reality TV person, but there's a 19 year old this season that I'm just every time a guy goes up to her, I'm like, stay away from her. Get away.
0: Oh, my gosh. That's what this reminded me of. It's so funny because I kept going back to the IMDb page of Mystic Pizza and like the description because it says three teenage girls. I was like, wait, she's a teenager, right? So the whole like when that energy kind of started to be introduced into the scene, I was like, wait, no, she's a she's a teenager. No, she's a teen. This isn't going to happen. She's a teenager. And then I remembered it was 1988. I saw this really interesting TikTok recently that was like, good friends will never let a 30 year old date an 18 year old. We hear so much that age is just a number. And she gave this example. This girl was 22 and she was like, I have a bunch of 18 year olds sleeping on my couch right now. Here's a picture of them. And it's just like this, this log L shaped couch. And they're just passed on this couch. She was like, they had a sleepover with my little brother who's 18. My parents gave them pizza and they, and they camped outside in the backyard and then they passed on the couch. And she was like, I also know a 30-year-old, my mentor, is a 30-year-old who has her PhD, two children. She's married, living in a house. And you cannot tell me that she is on the same maturity level as these, like, three 18 year olds pass no, on my couch.
1: Absolutely uh, not.
0: She was saying like, there's 12 years of knowledge there between the two, right? So in that 12 years, you learn how to be an autonomous person. You learn like about taxes and how to navigate life and how to make discernible decisions and then learning new skills. You can't tell me that with that 12 years of maturity that you're supposed to have as a 30 year old that mm-hmm. you would then look at an 18 year old and be like, you know what, I think we're on the same wavelength. Like, no. And if, yeah. you, if you do think that, like your friends have the right to completely roast you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> totally. It's honestly so embarrassing. <laughs> and when you're younger, there's this whole like perceived notion of like, oh, they think I'm mature. They think I'm whatever. But it's like, no, there's a reason this man can't or won't date someone his own age. Yeah, exactly. No? And oh, gosh, it's just so gross. I hate these people. That And also like 18. It's just like a fake rule. It doesn't mean anything about adulthood. Yeah. That is a child.
0: A light does like a, a switch does not go off the second no. you turn 18. Like no. when I was 18, I still thought very much like a 17 year old, right? When I was 19, when I, was I still 21,
1: the... I still thought <laughs> yeah. like a 17 year old. Exactly. And
0: I feel like Ugh. the people making this argument are primarily men too, who are like, I can yeah. date whoever I want. It's always because I, I saw this Reddit post where a guy was like, You guys are stupid for thinking that a thirty six year old could not date a twenty two year old. Like that's fine. And I'm like, No, it's it's really, it really no. isn't. It. No, yeah, really. And not. if you are if you are an emotionally stable person, you would not think that's okay either. And
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm 26, and I wouldn't even touch a man younger than 24. I don't think. Yeah,
0: exactly. I feel that way too. I'm like I'm 30. Like I, I feel like 28 maybe, but I would prefer like a 35 year old.
1: Exactly. Like two <laughs> like, years younger is like my limit. And then I'm like I don't even want to talk to you.
0: <laughs> exactly. Speaking of emotionally unstable, that's actually one of my roasts for this movie because. I actually think Daisy is a bit emotionally unstable. And yeah. Charlie just, like, goes with it. Like, I feel <laughs> like that's part of pre- pretty privilege, which we were talking about in our previous episode of 500 Days yeah. of Summer. It's like, when you are beautiful, you can get away with doing things like throwing a bunch of dead fish on your boyfriend's car. Anyone else would have gone to jail. Like, the police would have been called. That's property mm. damage. Like, it's just it's just crazy. And I just feel like it reminded me of this Reddit story of this high schooler just breaking up with his girlfriend And she completely destroyed his car. And it's like a little, it's it's concerning when you are that young and that emotionally unstable, because I feel like you just grow up to become even more emotionally unstable. And it's just not a good recipe. It's just not, it's
1: not a good look. Yeah, I think, I don't know. Tell me if you agree with this. I think like a few years ago, There was this, like, internet trend of being crazy, of, like, the joke of being crazy. And I don't know if there was this, like, subconscious, like, reclaiming of it so that, like, shitty guys couldn't call you crazy. Oh. So I don't know what it was, but, like, I heard so many girls, like, in undergrad be like, well, you know, I'm just, I'm crazy. I'm psycho. And I'm like, I don't think you are. And I don't think that should be, like, an excuse for, like, behavior from anyone's side. I also don't want to describe myself that way. I
0: don't think that's something you should be proud of. That's a very weird thing to try to read.
1: But they also weren't. Like, that's the thing. Like, I was like, (laughs) why are you claiming this when you're like very normal?
0: (laughs) That's so weird. Yeah. What's the other rose you got for me?
1: Oh, my gosh. So obviously, like the rude classist remarks from Charles' whole family. All these 80s coming-of-age movies have this theme of class. And that Uncomfortable Dinner definitely emphasizes just, like, the class discrimination between Daisy and Charles. And, like, they just made so many off-the-cuff comments. And then he really pushed it forward, too. Like, he was definitely at fault for, like, egging them on. Because she says after, she's like, they were being themselves, which isn't, like, great, but at least they were being honest. Yeah, exactly.
0: And I feel like, too, one problem that we talk about a lot that I don't necessarily have with an issue with this movie, but just it, with rom-coms in general, is how accepting everyone is of creepy behavior by seemingly attractive men, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like the reverse of Daisy. So when you are a beautiful woman, you have the excuse to be crazy. When you're an attractive man, you have the excuse to be creepy. And it's just the fact that Charlie shows up at Daisy's house unannounced she never gave him her address or phone number. They barely said two words to each other when they were playing pool. Like, if you watch back the scene, like, they don't really talk all that much.
1: Yet, yeah, they tracked- just make eye contact.
0: Yeah. He literally tracks her down, as waiting for her in her living room when she comes yeah. up. That's freaking weird,
1: Mercedes. That's weird. <laughs> I know. I didn't know if that was, like, an 80s thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, know what I mean? Because I'm like, okay, like obviously this guy couldn't like hit you up on like, like sign into your DMs or anything on Instagram. So I was just like, was that the only way? Was that normal? So I don't know. I'd have to ask someone who was dating in the 80s. Yeah. But yeah, I do completely agree with you. There's always like, I mean, I make it a joke with my friends. It's like the only difference between like creepy and hot is if you're like, if if you like the guy.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, exactly. 100%. <laughs>
1: yeah. My last roast is just like Jojo and Bill stressed me out so Mm -hmm. much. It makes me sad that they ended up married because, okay, he's hot, but at what cost? Because like she clearly didn't want to lose out on her independence and the whole nympho boat naming thing really rubbed me the wrong way. I would have totally dumped him. Really? And I was like, no, <laughs> not for me. Not for me. And when they were hooking up at her house and he's saying no and she still continues, I'm shouting at the TV being like, stop. This is a whole other conversation about consent. Mm. Please. Like, this isn't like a funny scene. It yeah. was funny when he's like running out and the parents catch them. But like before that, I'm like, please stop. He said no. Yeah.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if Harvey Weinstein produced this movie. Dude. I. Ugh. When we're talking about Joe Abilso, one of my favorite quotes is when Joe says,
1: I get really turned on just looking at his wrists. (laughs) So relatable.
0: So relatable. I don't get that. You're going to have to explain that to me, Mercedes. Oh, really? (laughs) I'm calf muscles. For me, I'm calf. If you are like wearing shorts and I can see your calf muscles and they're like defined, that's the biggest turn on for me.
1: (laughs) I like backs and shoulders, but like I totally get it. It's like those little minute things. Like when you really like a guy and you're just like, oh my God. And you just like notice little details. You're just like, Wow. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite quote? My favorite quote is not a specific quote, but really like the whole scene where Daisy dumps the fish barrels into Charles's car and she thinks he lied to her, but he's like... Yeah, but you gave it a 100% effort. After she's like, I messed up. And I just thought that was funny because I'm mm-hmm. just like... I was so surprised that, like, they weren't just in this, like, screaming match at the end. Yeah. But, like you said, there's definitely a reason for it. Because I thought, I expected it to go very differently. They excuse a lot.
0: I have a second favorite one. I'm curious, you know, what you would think of this quote. So, I also really like Bill's line when he says... I'm telling you, Joe, that I love you. Doesn't that mean anything to you? I think that when people love each other, they should make a commitment. They should have a wedding... In a church with the blessings of God, for Christ's sakes. And I just feel like, if I'm being completely honest and vulnerable right now, I have just been really, really struggling in my singleness lately. I just feel like so tired of being single and going through life completely by myself that I would kill to have someone say those words to me. I just feel so ready to settle down and to have a family and to be a wife and to be a mother. And I honestly just want nothing more. It's funny because I was talking to my friend yesterday uh, who just had a baby and she's like one of my last friends to have kids. And I told her that I'm leaving for Bali next week. And she was like, oh, I want to be you. And I'm sitting there thinking like, no, I want to be you. Like if I could have like a husband and a child, like she literally just had a baby who's like going to be a month old. I was like, I will gladly cancel my trip to Bali if it meant I could have those things. I just feel like This year has just been really hard for me turning 30 and just having absolutely no signs of like a relationship pending. So I think that's why I kind of just gravitated more towards Bill, the character in this, because I'm just like, you are the type of guy that I want. (laughs) You know,
1: I do really like him. I think that's such a good point to bring up, like when you're talking to friends who are in such a different area of life than you that you're like craving and I don't know, like that envy can come up there where you're just like, wow, like you have what I want. But then on the other side, your friends looking at you being like, you have what I want. Like I would kill to do that right now. So I think that's really good when you're like feeling in those low moments to really put it into perspective and be like, Look at everything I'm doing, yeah, and really celebrate that because, like, it's true. Like, you would not be doing that if you were in like family mode right now.
0: I think it's like one of those things that's kind of hard to put into perspective or to even be grateful for because, like, I kind of equate it like, if you always have like Honey Nut Cheerios in your pantry and your friend like can never find in stores and you just have like all these boxes, it's hard for you to like appreciate like, oh yeah, I have all the I have I have this. Yeah, because it's your norm. Yeah. Yeah, it's your norm exactly. So I feel like for me. Traveling is my norm. And I just think people don't understand how much friendships really change when you are the single one and everyone else is like married. Yeah. Because I have a friend, I would go to her husband's birthday party every single year. And this is their first year that they're like married. And I was invited to his birthday party this year because it was like a couple's thing. Right. Or like yeah. your friends start having kids and like you can't get dinner after work anymore because mm-hmm. they have to put the kids down for bed. And it's just like I knew that my friendships were going to change. I just thought I was going to change with them. I didn't realize I would be that one that was still over here. Like, hey, guys, let's do something. They're like, oh, sorry, my husband, my kids, my whatever kind of thing. So all of that to say is it's just it's just hard. But <laughs> with that being said, Mercedes, is is would you swipe left on this movie or would you swipe right?
1: I'm swiping right. I love seeing the different perspectives and experience from each of these leads. This is really a coming of age friendship story among three women with romance mixed into it. And I love that. I know we both love good friendships between women and like seeing that portrayed because it's just so important to see. And I think this movie got it right. These characters go through such different experiences, but they're all learning and navigating these different times together. And it's like such a specific time of that early early adulthood and it feels so authentic in it's portrayal and so honest in the way that it's showing these girls and it just feels like this movie shows respect to young women Mm -hmm. and also the depth to their experiences too like these aren't surface level things you're understanding their feelings and you're getting to see that but you're also understanding like why they do certain things like, obviously, this movie put Julie Roberts on the map the year after I said she did Still Magnolias, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Another great movie about friendships between women. Mm-hmm. And it's so special. And then in 1992, years later, she did Pretty Woman. So, obviously, like, this was a major time for her. So, I'm forever grateful for this movie.
0: I appreciate your perspective. I am unfortunately going to be swiping left on this one. I just feel like personally, it didn't do it for me. I struggled to even write the TLDR at the beginning of this episode because I was like, <laughs> I felt like it was a whole lot of nothing happening. While I appreciate the friendships between the women in terms of like things that I could pinpoint in the story that happened, there were very few yeah. and far between. I love Lily Taylor during this time. Like she was also in our Say yes. episode. And I just like, she's so, she's so great. She's so beautiful. I love I love the sound of her voice. Like she has, kind I of like want.
1: This, I was just about to say, I wanted to do animation. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Love her
0: voice. Yeah, she has like this rasp to her, to her voice. It's like so soothing, and I, I, I yeah. love it. And it's cool to see Julia Roberts and Matt Damon, in some of their first things. But I just feel like I didn't really get anything out of this movie. I wanted more, and I think that was one yeah. of the reasons why. I, you know, one, I had never heard this movie too. I had never had like an inkling to watch it. But I'm gonna be swiping left. Please don't hate me. I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs> I respect your opinion. Thank you, Mercedes. You're the best.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. It's time for couples therapy. Mercedes and I just like to give advice to the couples in the film on how they can improve their relationship.
1: Hit me. Okay. So these girls are so young and learning about life. So I'm going to preface that with that. Like, that's their main focus. Like, they just need to, like, learn more about themselves. Kat needs to go to college. I never talk to that hot dad ever again. He is trash. I hate him. And I just want to give her a hug when she's crying after. Oh, my God. It breaks my heart. Mm -hmm. And Daisy needs to leave Mystic, at least for a little while. I think she has way more going for her than she believes. When she's on the dock with Jojo and Kat, she says a thing where she's like, all I have is this and, like, points to her face. And then, like, Mm -hmm. and then she's like, and this and then, like, points to the beers in her hand. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, you have so much more. And you're capable of so much, so I just want to see her flourish in a different space and really recognize her own potential. Mm -hmm. And then JoJo, I just hope she can keep her independence throughout her marriage like she wishes. And I hope she gets to know the secret ingredient in that pizza.
0: Yeah, (laughs) uh, absolutely. I 100% agree with everything that you said. I feel like Kat is going to meet so many people in college. And I yeah, just she'll hope, thrive. She, you, she will thrive. But I also hope that she's able to not compare every guy she meets to Tim. I just feel like older men kind of have that effect on younger women. And I feel like it completely throws off their accuracy chart when it comes to what constitutes a good man. Is there yeah. like, oh, well, he made me feel this way. It's like, no, well, he was manipulating you. Like that's Exactly.
1: Not... Yeah, he was grooming
0: you. Yeah, exactly. And it's just uh, terrible. I feel like Daisy is really pretty, but I do hope she picks up a hobby or starts to lean into more things that make her more of a well-rounded person rather than relying on her looks because she does have a lot to offer. Like she could have yeah. so much more. And, you know, like what you said about JoJo, like I just feel like the only reason I wouldn't have wanted JoJo and Bill to get married, is because JoJo clearly has some growing up to do and needs therapy. The fact that she totally. lied about breaking up with Bill when he's the one who broke up with her—that just screams red flags. Like how she took control. Of, oh, like oh, well, I broke up with him.
1: Like that's and he a- cried. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so yeah. I watched that clip again on YouTube later, and I was looking at the comments, and one of the comments just goes, "Actually." She lied, and he didn't cry, and I was like, "Yes, thank you." <laughs> like, thank you, obvious. We all watched it.
0: Like, it just shows that she doesn't know how to handle rejection or process yeah. her emotions, and I worry about her being in a marriage mm-hmm. w- with that. So it's very hard. But I don't, I don't know. What do you think their love languages are?
1: I think JoJo's physical touch, Cat is quality time, and Daisy is acts of service. Daisy, I was a little mixed up on, but I, I think mm. acts of service makes sense. It's
0: interesting. I would almost wonder if the writers did that on purpose to kind of show to differentiate the three women yeah. in the movie. If they like gave them kind of these different love languages to show that how they how they process love and how they experience love in a different way. I'm gonna say with Daisy, I don't know why. I just feel like her love language at some point in her life will be gifts because she was like, "I want a rich man," and I want this, and she like went and bought this nice dress and like that he drove a Porsche and stuff. So I mm-hmm. feel like she. Will become materialistic if she doesn't, you know, do the work to become a more well-rounded person. But, <laughs> all right, Mercedes, I gotta, I gotta ask you. I gotta ask you. Do any of these couples last in five years?
1: No, I mean, I hope not. But I mean, Jojo and Bill did get married, so I'll say yes for them. Daisy and Charles are a no. Once he goes back to law school, I think it's going to be over. Yeah. Um, they're all so young. I don't want any of these relationships to last. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just like, you're babies. Yeah, like just hang out <laughs> as friends.
0: Yeah. <laughs> See, I kind of feel like it's a no all around, including Jojo and Bill, unfortunately. Like, Mystic is such a small place. I Um, have personally, I'm not trying to offend anyone, but I have personally never understood people who think they found the one but have never left their small towns.
1: Like, I I completely agree. Yeah. And I feel like we talked
0: about this before. Like, I know when I meet my person, they're going to be the one because I've traveled this whole wide world meeting crazy amounts of people along the way. And I know myself and I know what I'm looking for. And so when they come into my life, I'm like, you're it. Like, I'm going to point to them immediately. And I don't get how people do that when they've never, never left their small hometown. It just doesn't make sense to me. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I've never understood it either. I also just would want, I don't know, the guy I'm with to be like, I don't know, I'd want to learn about him. I don't want him to just like know everything I know and like understand all my like references and stories. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. Yeah. You
0: want your you want your worldview to be expanded. I think it's so beautiful being able to learn how to see the world through someone else's eyes. But if you come mm-hmm. from the exact same place, you know, the same people you went to the same schools. You have the same experience. You went to the same like small burger joint on the weekends. Like what perspective? Yeah, your world like, is so small. Your world is so small. Exactly. And I think that's how we get closed minded people. I'm just going to yeah. throw it out there. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, guys. It's hyper for Heart Throb. is and I would like to talk about who we would bring home to introduce to our friends and
1: family. And
0: um, I'm curious. is who are you bringing home with you?
1: Yes. So <laughs> I first and foremost would want to be friends with all three of these girls. I think they're great. And they would be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But Bill, Vincent, De, how do you say his name? D'Onofrio? Frio? Like Again, know how I say it. Don't okay he is talking. a hunk yeah the young guy <laughs> Yeah, my goodness like i said i totally understand what jojo says when she says she loves his wrist like relatable <laughs> i get it he is like a man like when i saw him i was like this is giving me like luke danes gilmore girls
0: vibe yeah <laughs> oh, he's so fine he is so fine like yeah bill for sure a man who wants to commit and it is emotionally unavailable come through lord come on yes <laughs> Yes. All of that. <laughs> we are going to play Mary Smooch ghost. We have Bill, Charles, and Tim Mercedes. Who are you marrying? Who are you smooching? And who are you ghosting?
1: This is an easy one. I'm okay. marrying Bill. I'm smooching Charles. And I'm ghosting Tim. And I'm putting him in jail.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I agree. But then I also, to play devil's advocate, we're, we're both marrying Bill. I just, with Charles... I feel like the reason I would ghost Charles is because of his family. Like,
1: but the- you're just gonna, you're just gonna kiss him. You're just <laughs> like this is nothing. This is just temporary. Okay. This is just okay. a fun night out.
0: Okay, <laughs> you, convince me. you convince me. I will I will smooch Charles, and I will ghost Tim. You convince me. Thank you, Mercedes. You you always yes. put me on the right track. You always straighten me
1: out. <laughs> I got you. I got you.
0: <laughs> All right, guys. Before we wrap it up, we always love to bring in a pop culture moment, and I just read, actually. The Julia Roberts is about to start a new rom-com movie with George Clooney called "Ticket to Paradise." Oh and listeners, I have a question for you. If you want to do an episode today when it comes out, drop a comment. Let us know.
1: Yes. <laughs> oh my God we we have to. We okay. have to. Okay. That's gonna be so good. <laughs> So, I don't know if you saw, but in 2007, there was a 30 Rock plotline about a Mystic Pizza musical adaptation. And then in 2019, it was announced that they were actually adapting it to a stage musical. And it premiered in Maine in fall 2021. Did anyone go and see it? I, it was in Maine. So, people in Maine. <laughs> but I just thought it was funny that, like, it was a storyline on 30 mm. Rock. And then it actually became real.
0: That's funny. They probably got inspired by Thirty Rock. I mean, I'm always inspired by Thirty Who Rock. Who has not yeah. <laughs> Listeners, last though, your thoughts. Do you like Mystic Pizza? What do you think about one of Julia Roberts' breakthrough roles? How do you how do you feel about Jojo and Bill? Slide into our DMs at Me Cute. Again, I'm Kendra. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at KentenHollywood.
1: Yes, and I'm Mercedes. You can find me at gv 11 on Twitter, IG, and TikTok. And if you're looking for new rom-coms, follow Meet Cute wherever you listen to podcasts and follow Meet Cute on socials everywhere. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next week.